André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 10, episode 25. I'm Jack. I'm AST. I'm Chris. And we were just saying to Chris off air before we started that Spurs' form has coincided with you joining us, so you've got to stay. Yeah. Listen, I'm really up for that. If 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 I could have any effect on Spurs' form, like over and above, like which T-shirt I wear when we're playing, then I'm really up for that. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, we've got a couple of positive games again to talk about, which is brilliant. Starting with the London derby against Fulham last week, which it already, I don't know what you guys think. Whenever where there's like two games between pods, the first one just becomes a distant memory and I've got to remind myself about what actually happened in that game um, but for those who don't remember we beat them 1-0 in what was in my view quite it was quite an ugly scrappy game of football where we just we had that moment of quality and that was all there really was in the game um, Chris you must have been buzzing to have seen Delhi back in the side no? Oh I loved it I, I thought it was down to our Del evangelism to be fair like we spread the word of Del we spread the word of Delhi via our Del evangelism and there he was and I think he had a he had a really good 60 minutes or whatever it was I wasn't surprised to see him taken off because I you know you'd wonder about his fitness but I thought his contribution was excellent having said that and you're right about um it was only Thursday and I've nearly forgotten about it. But even during the game, I thought it was a draw. So at the end, towards the end of the game, when they were saying and Spurs are seeing this out and they were like, but what are they doing? They should be trying to score. I even wrote someone an email about, I oh, was hoping for a last minute winner. And then I had to write back to them and say, oh, of course. I f-. And I looked, felt like a moron. I'm supposed yeah, to be yeah. a football fan. And I genuinely hadn't kind of clocked that the goal had been chalked off, even though I knew it had been chalked off. But just because of the way that we were playing and the way that the, that the game was sort of was kind of playing out in front of me. But I was delighted come 93 minutes because it was like um, winning a game without me realising it. Yeah, um, but I thought Delhi played very well, though, for the hour that he was on. It was like it was the Delhi of old, like he was taking risks with the ball. He was making those runs, you know, where we it's not a particularly intelligent run where he just runs beyond the centre forward to allow that ball over the top that we saw him sort of score so many goals from. But it just felt with him doing that, we massively had Fulham pinned in for large periods because they were worried about that ball over the top. So naturally retreated and then our, our other creative midfielders could get on the ball and, and do a little bit more. So I, I thought, you know, he did as much as he could have done. I know he didn't get given the goal, which I thought was a little bit harsh, but, you know, he was massively involved in, in the link up play to that. Um, and overall, like that's the deli we want back in the team, isn't it? Exactly. And that's what he contributes is both the things that you're talking about in terms of where he pops up and that movement, but also just because of the things that he can create both, both in terms of, well, actually both in terms of his movement, but also in terms of what he can do with the football. And and then I think those two things together are just magic. And it's just great to see him there. I mean, I can't say I was surprised, though, not to see him um, in the starting lineup on Sunday. But that's for that's for later, I suppose. Yeah. SD, what did you make of Fulham? I felt I felt really bad for Fulham because they they it was a goal by, by any stretch of the it was it felt so harsh. It felt a bit like. Do you remember the, was it Newcastle, the dire handball, the penalty in the yeah. last minute yeah. at the beginning of the season? It felt a bit like that. So maybe it's levelled itself out for us. But I felt for Fulham, we were fighting for their position. Uh, but the, the big thing is we haven't, 
because of we've been playing basically a front three, we haven't had anyone just behind the striker. And so the connection from like centre back to defensive midfielder to Ndombele, then Delhi to Kane, like there's a line in the middle of the pitch. Whereas when we play the two threes, usually there's quite a big gap in between those two threes, which is where we tend to get overrun because you just you just sit in that position with the ball if you're a holding midfielder on the opposition team. And then that forces us back. So this stretch, this this compresses their team a bit and stretches our team a bit because it means that everyone's sort of got a place and can spread out a bit. And it gives Kane a bit of freedom just to hang around the box a bit more. So I, I was really happy. Fulham, I felt really sorry for them. There's some players there which look half decent as well. I thought... Um, What's his face from Chelsea? Uh, yeah, I thought he's really good player. He's a really good player, and I was surprised when he came off. But we did them. Um, we we did what we had to do. Move on. I think you said it last week though, ASD, as well. It's like Scott Parker's doing a good job there, mm. and actually you saw that played out on the pitch on Thursday, and we kind of got away with it because it was a goal. I mean, I think let's just talk about the handball handball lull for a second because it's changed. I mean, obviously it's not going to be applied until. Next season. It every week, doesn't it now? I know. This is what I find really interesting is that IFAB, which is the, I don't know, I don't even know what it stands for. It's the, it's the, it's the body that makes the laws, right? And it was a, it was, um, I looked them up when they made all those changes a couple of years ago and they were first applied at the Women's World Cup because I just thought, what are they doing? And actually they're an international body, but they were started by the English FA. So Mm. we started it basically. And then they made they made no changes for like 40 or 50 years or something. And more recently, they've just been making they're making changes all the time. And I really wonder I was thinking about this. I wonder whether it's something to do with the kind of how quickly we disseminate information and like 24 hour news cycles and how much content we have and all the rest of it. Because there's so much scrutiny, you know, it's like, how can you I, I still Whenever I hear about the handball law changing, it just brings me back to being really, really hot in uh, in Madrid. Yeah. And it makes me think of those first 45 yeah. seconds of that game. And if, because I don't think that would have been a penalty with the unless the current law was applied. And that would have been a completely different game if that had been the case. And yeah. I'm sorry to hark back to it, but it still makes me sad because I, you know, I think without that penalty, we would have, it would we we would have had a shout and we'd be having a completely different conversation now because we would have won the Champions League. I just think with, with the handball law, I'm just like, there's just never any common sense with it. Like, I feel like as football fans, if you're watching a game that doesn't involve Spurs or probably Arsenal, um, you know when it's handball and when it's not. Like, it's quite, it feels obvious to me. Like, you can tell, like, no player is going to, like from two yards away, like deliberately handle the ball. Like you can just, you just know, like the, the Fulham goal, like there's just no way that's handball. Like I know that, and that's a decision going against us, but look, there's just no way it is. The Sissoko one, I think maybe me and you differ on that one, Chris, because I remember in the ground as it happened, just thinking that's a penalty because oh, right. his arm was like, his arm was like, you know, I know he was pointing for someone to mark, but like his arm's in a bit of a funny position, isn't it? But like some of the decisions this season and, and what you said, die about that, uh, uh, sorry, what you said, ASD, about the Dyer one against Newcastle. It's like, he's, he's facing the wrong way, he's jumped. It, it's just, it's crazy, some of the decisions. And the lack of consistency from one game to the next is just what is the most baffling. Or it's like, I actually think it would make more sense if they just said, if it hits you on the hand, any, it, then, then we'll just give it. Like, at least then everybody would but know. Isn't that what they've said? Isn't that exactly that the point? Is? That's the law. That's the problem is that it just hits you if you're in an attacking position. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a if you're 
if there's a chance of a goal, so you're in the box or whatever, it's definitely going to be a handball. And then anywhere else, it's and I think that's that's the thing there because then you end up with that interpretation where you're saying we all know when it's a handball. Yeah. You know. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I used to play football in the playground. And me and my friend Murta, I remember this really vividly. We used to have a plan because I was always in defence. And he was like, if it looks like it's going in, just just save it. And I was like, but yeah, but it doesn't matter because we've still got a chance of saving a penalty. And that's like, the point, right? Like you Suarez still... versus Ghana. Exactly. Exactly that. Exactly. Maybe that was Musa Sissoko's thinking in Madrid. <laughs> They're going to cross, and Danny Rose is back there, so it's going to end up in the back of the net. So I'll just handball it. Can we just say how funny how funny it is how bad Liverpool are? It's it's just I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> like we're above them. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? And it's like it doesn't excuse like how inconsistent we've been, but like they have been the best team in the world. For the last two seasons, like yeah. there was it, they, they they'd lost like two games out of something like ninety. Yeah. Like it was absurd the run, like and they've lost six in a row at home, That's and they've crazy. scored one goal, one goal at Anfield this year, and that was a penalty. You just think like I know they've had a lot of injuries, and I do you do have to sympathise with them because they've just lost their centre backs, but like that doesn't mean that you can't create chances against Brighton, Fulham. Do you know what I mean? It's well, like it's bought a centre back. They bought a Turkish fella, didn't they? Was I mean, he Turkish? He looks, he looks, no, he, he, looks like one, he looks like he's won a competition, doesn't he? If yeah. you've seen him play, he just... He they've, is got, just... they've got youth players. I, I think it's hilarious. Can we talk about Palace now? Fulham, Fulham's Fulham, right? Can we talk about Palace? Because yeah, that Palace. was amazing. Yes, what what a game that was. Every one of the goals was brilliant. Oh. Even Benteke's goal was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he jumped so high. I mean, I know there were kind of talks about where, were, you know, where was he being marked and all the rest of it, but that was some leap, to be fair. He's six foot four as well. He's a big man. He's a lump, yeah. Well, is. didn't Jose say it was the best thing that happened to the game was him scoring that? Yeah, yeah, which he's right, and he's right. Yeah. I think, cause he you. came in and said we'd be complacent and just expect the second goal to happen. But yeah. which was your favourite goal? I mean, the Kane one, the, yeah. where he bends it in the top corner. I was actually chatting to my dad about this this morning, and I think that is one of his best goals that I've seen oh, him yeah. score. Like, there's the Arsenal mask goal, which is just phenomenal. But the technique on that goal that he scored against Palace is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And, like, I was trying to think of, like, what players could score that type of goal because it's not like a Ronaldo goal where Ronaldo would lever it, wouldn't he? Like, it's yeah. like, I feel it's like messy. Kevin De Bruyne maybe is the only one that could sort of whip it. It's like, like there's the type of goal that Beckham used to score where he'd, it's, it'd yeah. whip it, but he'd hit it with so much power that you just like, I don't quite understand how you've struck the ball like that. It was just, it was phenomenal. And it was right up postage stamp as well, wasn't it? It was just, it was an incredible goal. But Beckham, Beckham takes a, a kick from a, it's more of a stationary ball. Like if you watch all of Beckham's deliveries come from very slow balls, whereas this ball is coming at the wrong angle. And so he has to curl his foot around a ball that's going complete in in the way he has to curl it. And it's just an incredible. It reminds me of Messi, to be honest. That That's the word. My, my bigger question is what assist is better? Matt Doherty to Kane on that or Tom oh, Carroll to Carole, Barry, yeah. West Ham in the 3-2? What's the better assist? I mean, because the vision on both passes is just, I mean, see, I don't think they should count as assists. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's like Vertonghen got an assist for Sun's goal against Burnley last year. Yeah. It doesn't count. Yeah. But without Vertonghen, that goal doesn't happen. I, uh, I preferred the goal, the goal before it, the the bail header from the 
the cane header because the interplay like you can't that's untouchable because the cane one is one moment of brilliant like one action of brilliance whereas the the one before it had so many brilliant mo- moments Bale's movement I think match of the day highlights it Bale's movement to come near post and then react quicker Kane's movement the dink from Sun I, it was absolutely brilliant I I, I really really liked I, I love a team goal do you remember that goal I think it was we, we there was 40 touches on the ball when we scored against QPR. I think Lamella scored it at White Hart Lane a few years, well, a few years yeah, ago, I mean, a long it was time ago. The match of the day thing on it, wasn't there, where they like fast forwarded all of the passes and the link yeah. up to it. Yeah, I love that. And th- this is my type of goal. This really is my type of goal. Um, I, d- I mean, I, I, th- I think I'm with Jack on this one. I think it's got to be that Kane goal because. I think, A, because all the things that Jack's just said about the technique, but also all 10 outfield players were involved in that. Mm. So in terms of like a lovely sweeping move and intricate passing, yeah, and yeah, to yeah. jokes aside about Matt Doherty, I think one of the reasons why Kane was able to hit that is because of the me- momentum of the pass. Yeah, yeah. And whether yeah. he meant it or not is a whole other thing, but mm. it just arrived in the right way. And even though he had to like get his foot around it in a certain way, I mean... You know, you can't. I, you know, I, you can't actually talk about him with enough, mm. with enough plaudits. Frankly, the guy is a freak. Phenomenal. I mean, he's he's only sixteen Premier League goals behind Thierry Henry now, which is just like it. When you say that, you sort of it do, still doesn't quite compute in my mind because you think of Thierry Henry, rightly so, as one of the greatest players that's ever played in the Premier League. Like, yes. if I was to say to you both, do your all-time Premier League eleven. Henri would probably be in both of them. And it's like, we're saying that next season, Kane is going to surpass the amount of goals he scored in the Premier League. Like, it's absurd, which sort of brings me on to the question about Kane. It's sort of like, where does he rank in terms of the best players ever in the Premier League? Because I think we can have that conversation now. Like, I don't think it's a case of like, it's it's not potentially like he's delivering week in, week out. It's something like 16 goals, 13 assists this season. It's it's absolutely crazy the stats that he's getting. Well, it's no player across Europe. So I've got the stats in front of me. You've got it exactly right. So 13 assists, 16 goals, 40 goal involvements across 36 games in all competitions. No player across Europe's top five leagues has got more assists. That's crazy. It's that, the assists, crazy. isn't it? Like yeah. that 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 is like where his game has evolved because he's been a goal machine you know, since he came into the side, like he's been scoring for fun. But the fact now that he's taken his game to another level where he's not only still scoring the same amount of goals, he's, he's creating like everything we do from an attacking point of view now is going through him. Whereas if I think back to a couple of seasons ago, yes, he was a brilliant striker, but that was probably what he was. He was a brilliant striker. Whereas now he's just a complete footballer. Like he just understands the game. And, you know, for a guy that's not that quick either, he's just, he's always steps ahead of everybody else um i think it's, i was gonna say i think it's massive the fact that bale is now on a run of form as well because there's the front three you know if we're thinking back to what it was four or five months ago it was him it was kane and son the fact we've got a third guy up there now is just like if you're setting up against spurs now all of a sudden you're thinking how am i going to keep that front three quiet like i might be able to keep two of them quiet but then the other one's going to pop up with something so the fact that we've got gareth bale you know emerging from what seemed like out of nowhere is just an absolute amazing thing for us to have as well let's just take a moment as well to to kind of acknowledge 
the history make the history that Sun and Kane made yesterday. Yeah. So more goals in a single season than any other duo in Premier League history. And Which, it's only March. It's crazy, oh, isn't it? Because yeah. growing up, it felt like there were always amazing duos. Sutton and Shearer, York and Cole, you know, those. But it, it's just, it, it feels like it's just happened and no one's really talking about it. I know some people are talking about it, but this is the greatest Premier League duo in the history of the Premier League. Yeah. Bale coming back to form is amazing because it's it's not, there's almost, a, there's a swagger he's got with it and it's really good to see. And it's that sharpness. I love it when when he got in front of the defender to get his headed goal. I loved that when you're just smarter. Do you remember? I think Kane did it against Leicester, where he scored in like the first minute, years and years and years ago, away at Leicester, I think it was. And he did it against Swansea, where he jumped and just wanted it more than the defender. I love that when it when it it shouldn't happen, but because of one player's desire and intelligence, that it flips that switch and becomes a game-changing moment. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I love seeing Bale back. He looks so happy. And the rumour are they're going to ask for... 25 million for him i'd i'd say let's do that i think the thing with bale now is that for me he needs to play like this for the rest of the season to justify it it's sort of like because if we're thinking of the whole season he's got is it 10 goals he's got for us now which is not bad but we were obviously all expecting a lot more than that so for me if he plays well for the remainder of the season then there's then there's the the sign of Actually, it just took him a little bit longer than what we've probably all hoped for him to really get up and running. But you can see the class is still there. Um, but the interesting thing for me is it's sort of like the header he scored at the weekend. That was a different type. That's not a type of goal I associate with Bale. Like, so I think that's really interesting. Like The other brilliant goals he scored for us recently, you know, where he's cutting and bent it in the bottom corner and you're like, oh, what a strike. Like, that's class. But like... He seems to have, have added that to his game. I don't know if that's just where I haven't watched that much of Real Madrid or Wales in the, the last few years, but like, it's almost like he's realised that he's a big, powerful guy as well. Do you know what I mean? He's skillful and he can strike ball, but like, what is he six two? Like, he's strong. Like, he's, he's good in the air. Like, those type of goals are like that. That's what he's added to his game for me. So I think on your point, I'd want to see this continued for the remainder of the season, and then if you're saying twenty twenty five mil then obviously it's a no-brainer. But if it's just sort of he plays well for seven, eight games and then dips again, I'm not entirely sure. So I'm, I'm on the fence now. My Whereas con- a month ago, I was like, nah. My concern would be about around his fitness. I think around his fitness and his age and, his, and because of his age and the way that he plays. Because I think that kind of, you know, he relies a lot on his, on his strength and his physical ap- attributes, which we talked about before. And, you know, we all saw him change, you know, didn't we? So one season he was, and it was before he went to Real Madrid on the points that you were making last week, ASD, you know, like he went away one summer as a skinny little boy and came back with a physique like Ronaldo Mm. and would stand in that Ronaldo pose to take a free kick and all the rest of it. So I think, I, you know, I'd happily pay the money for him if we can figure out how to keep him fit. Yeah, I'm sure 25 mil is just a, just at first, we need money to go buy Mbappe. So we just need, we need money. We need yeah. money, so and I'm sure Levy can let you. Twenty-five mil is probably just the agent fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah the concern would be the wages, of course, because yeah. like we're not yeah. paying all his wages now. What but is? I, you know, I, I always wonder, like, what you need them, what, what do you need all the money for? I know that's like a probably an, a, a sort of an unpopular thing to say, but yeah, no. if you've been earning like half a million quid a week or more for six years. It's, it's his, his agents, <laughs> well, his agents come out and said, look, he's, he's the richest and most successful British footballer of all time. 
it's up to him what he does you know yeah. i think that's a good point now i think it's like well obviously we will never know the answer to this but it, it's good to know like where's bale's head at because yeah. it's sort of like you what you what you have to have with when you're signing a 31 32 year old they've still got to have that hunger and the desire and it's like it's he's shown the last few games that he's still got that but you know come the end of the season, you don't know do you it's like oh actually no i could go back to spain and you know have that life and all that again so I think we'll see. But I think that the interesting thing for me for Bale, which is one of the questions that I, I want to put to both of you, is I'd massively written him off four or five weeks ago. I just thought, you know, his fitness is he's just not going to be able to come back. And then from out of nowhere, this player has just, you know, completely transformed how we've been playing. So what what Spurs players can you think of that have had like a massive turnaround in, in fortune and in, in ability? So what guys, were you know, were you watching and you were thinking... No, they're, they're, they're terrible. They've not got it. And then bang, all of a sudden, they're, they're there. The one that strikes me is um, Danny Rose. Danny Rose? I was going to say Danny oh, Rose. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry, ASD. Great minds. We scored that first goal against the other lot and you thought there was great promise. And then it didn't quite, you know, and I remember particularly under Redknapp, he was a bit of a villain and, you know, irritated by him and all the rest of it. And then when Poch gave him that five-year contract, you were like, really? Is that what we're doing? And then there was this renaissance. And then he was basically the best left back in the country and I didn't want him playing anywhere else. And, and, you know, I still think until Reggie came along, we hadn't, we hadn't fixed that. Um, Is he still on our books? Danny Rose, yeah. Yeah, he's just at the training ground. I it's, find it's on, that really sad. It's really sad because he's he's quite a likable man. I like I don't mind him having a bit of a strong point of view and wanting to wanting to be better and oh, maybe he's got poor communication skills or whatever. He, he got a lot of bad press, didn't he, after that episode in the documentary who went in to see Jose and it's sort of like that made me like him even more. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. That's I have no saying. issue with him going to the manager and being like, Why are you not picking like if I'm not here, get rid of like I had no issue with that whatsoever. I was like, actually, I really rate that. The problem yeah. was just that, you know, he, you, you're right, Chris, he was the best left back. And when we had him and Walker, you know, for that 18 months. Yeah, that was amazing, year, like, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but he was one, probably similarly to, to Gareth Bale, that was massively reliant on his physical attributes. And it's just sort of like, he, you know, he, he didn't quite, he doesn't quite have the recovery runs that he used to have. Like, he was never... A, a fantastic like crosser of the ball or anything like that but he was just I don't, I don't think he was Inter Milan was 3-1 cross for cross for Crouch cross for Pavlicek that was Bale wasn't it that's what, I'm, that's what I said Who oh, no, sorry about? I meant Danny Rose doesn't have <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely does I mean <laughs> Danny Rose I didn't think that I didn't I never felt that Danny Rose necessarily had the, the amazing technical skills but like Physically and the way he read the game, he was brilliant. But like physically, he's just not the same guy he, he once was, and that's where he's massively dropped. Yeah, although hitting that, I know it was the first, his very first game, but you've got to have some technical skills to be able to volley the volley a ball like that. And still one of my favourite goals ever. That that was just hundred percent. How long ago was that? It feels like it might have been ten years ago. I like, think it might have been ten years ago. Oh, I think Warren it, it might be longer than that. <laughs> uh, I've got. Luka Modric, because there was a time when he came, no one really knew what he was doing. Then he went up. Then he wanted to go to Chelsea. Do you remember he was almost at Chelsea, yeah, got yeah. spotted on Abramovich's boat, and then people really hated him. I know that's not necessarily a point. And then he came back and he was really, really good for us. Um, I put him there. I can't think of many who've gone, because all the ones who've gone down just went 
down Soldado, you know. It's just always down, wasn't it? Yeah. This, the other one for me is... April uh, 2010, so it's, it's really 11 years. Oh, oh, that's mad. The other player in that category that I think, and he's not an amazing player now, but he massive, like he was written off, is Sissoko. Yeah, Sissoko was second, actually. Mm. Um, but you still, the thing with Sissoko is it's still a bit funny. Because you still think that if he shoots, it's going to end up like in the stand. Yeah. Or, you know, so it's not like there's been a complete renaissance, but he's looked much more, more recently, like that sort of box to box midfielder we were hoping for. I cannot stand stand him. I just, I can't, he's never got better. He can't pass. He has definitely got better. He he has definitely got better. better. Maybe he's just not on the pitch as much and we're just forgetting. I just, don't you I can't... enjoy don't you sort of enjoy the comedy around him though? That's one of the things I love is like like making <laughs> jokes about Soko and the fact that he's gonna come on and you know like wanting him willing him to score even if it goes in off his yeah. like shin yeah, or yeah. whatever. Oh Aria then. Aria went down and is he's he's got he's probably our best right back. You know he's I mean Yeah a <laughs> best right I don't know I'd put Jaffet above Aria any day of the week. Yeah, I like Tanganga. He doesn't get enough game time for me, Tanganga. No, no. I like him. No. My other one with these players that I think saw a massive improvement is, um, and I was never a massive fan of him, but he did get a lot better under Redknapp. was Asui Koto. Oh, now you're talking. I remember, love that man. Was, oh, I love Asui Koto. He was so bad. And then was there was a period of a year, 18 months, where under Redknapp, I thought he was a pretty solid left back. Great. I don't I, recall him being that bad. I oh, I do. People hated him. There was a time when it was like him and Scott Parker. It's when we, I've got his name on the back of that, the black shirt with that yellow stripe across there, you know, and I, I loved him at that period. I, there's... There's also roasted to spectacles about that time when I was going very regularly. So like right, I, right, it, okay. it, it might actually the football was awful then because it was the AVB years and all that. But um, oh man, it made me sentimental now for those times. <laughs> and I feel like we have to chuck Harry Kane into this conversation as well then, because we all remember the penalty miss against Hearts. Was it we Hearts? Do. I think it was. And it was just like he looked shocking and he had all these loan spells out, didn't he? He was... Uh, infamously on the bench for Leicester in that game when they played Watford and Deeney scored the goal. Kane and Vardy were on the bench for Leicester that day, which I think is amazing. It's like nobody in their right mind saw what has happened to him. Like he looked, he he looked terrible. It was like, did he just look young and inexperienced? No, no, he he couldn't trap, he couldn't control it. It's like he'd made, he's just made himself a better footballer. Like I remember watching him in the in those early Europa League games and thinking, you're not quick, you don't necessarily make very good runs. It's not like you're not getting opportunities, but you can't finish. Like it just looked like a bit of a nothing striker. Yeah, my uncle is the reason. My uncle Mike, hello, Uncle Mike, if you're listening, is the reason I'm a Spurs fan. He first took me when I went to my first game, and we had, and he still reminds me of this, and I'm embarrassed. Because we had like a whole ding dong about what I was just like, he's not good enough. There's nothing special about him, you know, and I'm really kind of happy to eat my words about that because I was wrong. But yeah, I did think that. I, I remember going to a um, an under, you know, whatever the youth team game was uh, when um, Tim Sherwood was running it with Les Ferdinand and Stefan Freund. Yeah. And in that, and Harry was playing in that game, totally anonymous. The, t- the player that really um, stood out was Nabil Bentaleb. 
Bentaleb totally bossed it and you were like, he's the one for the future. And I wanted to see Harry because we'd heard all these things about him and you was like, oh, there's not much going yes. on there. But like, I think Jack, you're absolutely right. He's, he's made, he's he's worked, you can see he's worked so hard and, and but he has also got a talent, right? There's no doubt that he's a talented footballer, but he's worked really hard. And let's just look at his all-round game as well. I know you mentioned it earlier in terms of his assists and all the rest of it, but there was, you know, like he defends corners, mm. but you know he's the one that's at the like heading balls off the line. You know, the, there was that one game last season where he was at left back at the end of the game, just making sure that we didn't concede. He went in goal that time in the yeah, Europa I love that. You know, like. my fa- obviously, like we all love seeing our players in like outfield players in goal, but yeah, went in goal. It's fantastic. He could be the quarterback. Oh. He said that himself. Yeah. So. And he wants to be a kicker, doesn't he? I think my favourite Kane thing is just that game against Chelsea on New Year's Day or Boxing. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Because that was the time when it switched. It's a bit like the bail away into Milan. There's not many players where you have that game where it go, oh, my God, what have we got here? Because it was like for those of people, there's a lot of people who weren't around then. Like, we don't beat, we didn't beat Chelsea in the same way we never, ever, ever. There's no grounds like it anymore where you just don't, you go, there's, you, you will never win there. We never, ever, ever beat Chelsea. And we never, ever, ever won away at Old Trafford until AVB came along. But forget that. That was Bale being brilliant again. But the Kane against Chelsea, it was just unbelievable. Like, that is a horrible game. I think we went 1-0 down, didn't we? Diego Costa scored in that game after about 20 minutes. And I was in the Paxton Rub with my dad. And we were all so convinced it was offside. And, like, from the naked eye, he looked two, three yards offside. And it's like there was no VAR then. There was no replays in the ground either. And like everybody was so enraged that the linesmen hadn't flagged. Yeah. And it just pumped the crowd up so much that I think it spurred the players on. When they got home and watched the highlights, it's a great decision. He's about half a yard on. It's a brilliant decision from the linesman. But you just, you know, when you have those moments when you were like, that looked off. Like it had yeah, to yeah. have been. Yeah. And the crowd just all, you know, oh, yeah. But we did go 1-0 down in that game. And I remember us, we were absolutely battered for about the first 20 minutes. And that, Edin Hazard in that game, that is one of the best individual performances mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Like, we talk about Kane in that game, Hazard in that game, you just could not get near him. Like, it was like he had like a, a force field around him and you just you oh, yeah. get within two yards of him. It was yeah. mad. It's such a shame what's happened to him at Real Madrid. I, I've heard he just, he just eats, doesn't he? He just always comes back overweight. But he's one of the most talented players who delivered on that talent that Premier League's ever seen. He's, he's never close enough to the top 10 for me. Like You, you can't touch Giggs, Henri, Vieira, Scholes, Beckham, Gerard Lambert, all of them. But he needs to be up there anyway. Anyway, anyway. Um, but just on um, on Kane as well, I think the one thing, I don't know, you you must have seen when he was like the admin of the social media account this yeah, week. Yeah. And actually, I really loved that because I got a bit more of a sense of him. Mm. There was something just about that was quite a natural way that he was delivering that stuff. Obviously, they prepared a load of things for him, but some of the, his delivery there, I was like, oh, OK. It felt a bit more authentic than like post-match interviews. Mm. Um, I got, just got a bit more of a sense of him. I like, I enjoyed I enjoyed him a bit more then as well, like as a human as well, as kind yeah. of obviously the all-round phenomenal footballer he is. And I reckon just... He'll probably end up third in all-time Premier League goal scoring, I imagine, because I don't think he'll quite get to Shearer and Rooney. But do you not, I, do you not think he will? No, I don't. I don't think he will. 
Well, the, the, Shearer played more games per season, didn't he? And I think yeah. that that's always going to play against him. What's what what's so Shearer's two sixty, isn't it? And what's Kane on now? About one one sixty, yeah. maybe. Let ASC have a look. But I think in terms of a bill like all round striker, I think he's probably the best the Premier League's ever seen. And then that's not just hyperbole because I'm a Spurs fan. Look at all of the things that we've talked about today and the fact that he's sustained it and he's now made history with being the best duo. So, you know, he's already he's already beaten Shearer on that. And as ASD's just said, he played Shearer played would have played more games. So, you know, best striker in Premier League history. I'm, I'm down I'm down with that. I just think that there's there's nobody that you can compare him to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when you you look yep. back and you when you yep. think about strikers in the Premier League, obviously straight away you're like, oh, Alan Shearer, just for the amount of goals. And you think, what type of strikers were like Alan Shearer? And you probably say one that was similar was like Drogba. They're just sort of in that mould, aren't they? The big, powerful centre forwards. Then you've got like the cute centre forwards like Suarez and Rooney. Do you know what I mean? You could amazing feet and would score free goals. But like Kane, like you say, Chris. There's not anybody that scores the type of goals Link's played like he does. You're one or the other. And like, I genuinely yes. think that it's probably only Wayne Rooney is the only kind of player that has got the skills that he can lead the line and be a number nine or, or he can drop in and be a 10 and he can be equally as good at both. I don't think there's anybody else that's, that's anywhere near him in terms of that. Yeah, but even then, you see, with Rooney, what he doesn't do are all of the other things. Yes, he links the play and he can score goals. He doesn't score the... You know, the kinds of goals that Kane scores, Rooney can't score all of them. Yeah. And I know, I mean, he's a very talented player. And Rooney certainly wouldn't be back defending either at left back or clearing every corner as it comes in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like I say, I kind of, I'm embarrassed by that conversation I had with Uncle Mike in 2014 or wherever, <laughs> whenever it was, because I was wrong. And I'm happy to hold my hands up to that. So Kane's on 159 Premier League goals. And then you've got Fowler on 162, Defoe on 163, Henri on 175. But the interesting thing is, if you have a look at the minutes per goal, mm. only Aguero is ahead of him, 108 minutes per goal. He's tied on uh, Henri and Kane on 122. And this is the one with Shearer is on 147. So it's just purely in the amount of games that he played. Like Kane's played uh, 235 games, whereas... Um, Shearer played 441. Mm. I do think the other thing with Alan Shearer as well is how he, if he'd have gone to a Man United, he'd have had over 300. But it's just obviously the yeah. fact as well, isn't it, that he did do it at a lesser team at Newcastle, which just makes it even more impressive. Right. If Kane, imagine Kane went to City. I honestly think if Kane was a fully fit Kane for a season at City, I think would get could get 45 league goals. Like yeah. I genuinely think he'd get more than one game. Like he's, he's that good, and the amount of chances they create, it would just be absurd. Yeah, yeah. I uh, suppose the other thing why I'm saying is that he might not make it to Shearer, and I'll say it quietly: is I worry about whether he'll stay in the Premier League. I wouldn't if I was him. I know we don't. We shouldn't say it. I just, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd go. I'm going to spend. I'll go to Bayern Munich. I'll like for like with Lewandowski. I'll win the Champions League, get those medals. A couple of years while my kids are young, come back play for Spurs. You know, just professional ambition um he doesn't massively strike me as somebody though that would go abroad do you know what i mean it's like you know you give them certain like like delhi for example strikes me as a type of guy that could go and play in italy and would like want to completely change his life and it was like i feel like with kane you know it's sort of like he's got a young family it seems settled like 
I feel like I couldn't. I, I could. I could imagine him more at City or United than I could at Madrid, Bayern, Juventus, yeah, or anything like that. I think you're probably right, and there is why we might get lucky and keep him yeah. because I don't think he'd go to another Premier League team just because he's got so much Spurs in him. And then if he doesn't fancy going abroad with his young with his family. And, you know, there might be a promise of something interesting happening. I said this from the, I think I said this last week, we're going to win the League Cup. Hmm. We are. <laughs> I said it from the beginning. I don't care what run Man City are on. That's yeah. what Jose is going to do. So he will have some kind of a medal, even if it does say Carabao on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. worth Giles's question, quickly. Just yes. Because yeah. Giles asked a uh, friend of the show. Lovely, lovely man. Um, asked, basically, do we think Sons and it sounds like he's in a contract standoff. Do you think that's going to affect his performances? Now, it, it sounds more like they're working on it. And they say while we're in a pandemic, they're just going to focus on the league for the moment. That's what I thought. Um, he, he's, he talks about Ericsson. I thought Ericsson was a bit more. He just wants to leave rather than they want to sort out a new contract. So I don't think so. I think sonny has got a bit more. I don't want to say integrity. Well, a bit more integrity than that, I like to think. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. And I think, you know, from what what we know about Sun, it's sort of like he doesn't strike you necessarily as somebody that is going to let anything really affect what he's doing on the pitch. I, I, don't, I feel like with a lot of footballers, like when you're on the pitch in the moment, you're in the moment, you're not thinking about what's my contract. So I don't really buy a load of you know, all the talk about, oh, oh, we're trying to sort of contract out so he's not playing well. Like, I don't really buy all of that, if I'm totally honest. Um, I do think that it's something we've got to be careful with, though, because you can't have somebody like Son. I know Kane has, Kane's got another two years, I think, so we need to be thinking about his contract as well, because you can't have players like that going into the last 18 months of, of a contract, because you, you end up backing yourself into a corner, like what the other lot have done, where you then have to give absolutely absurd contracts, long-term contracts to people with, on crazy money, or you lose them for not a lot. So I do feel like with Sun, it's definitely sort of a crossroads now. It's sort of like we 100% should be keeping him. But I do feel that if a big offer came in, given, what is he, 28 maybe, Sun, given his age, the fact that he's not got ages left on his contract, I do think that that would be something the club would look at. I don't want us to, obviously, but I do think because there was rumours, weren't there, a few weeks ago that Juventus were, in, were interested in him and were willing to pay something up to like 90 million or whatever. And I think if an offer like that came in at the minute, that would be something that would be taken under serious consideration. So that was what makes me a bit nervous with it. So hard, isn't it? Because it's like you never want to be a sell anyone that sells because it's like if we've got ambitions of our own, when you've got one of the best players in Europe like Sonny is one of the best players in Europe. He might, I mean, you know, maybe it's just a dip of form. I, you know, I hadn't thought about, you know, I saw Giles' question. I was like, okay, I kind of see that, but I just think it's like a little dip in form. And actually, if you look at the way he played yesterday, some of his link-up play, you know, and his running was brilliant. It's just, he can't seem to quite hit the target. I thought that header might go in, but he headed it straight, straight at Guaita, but... He plays in patches, son, as well, doesn't yeah. he? Sort of like throughout his whole time at Spurs. I know this season's been, you know, his best period for us, but he always he'll always have five or six quieter games, and then he'll score, and then he'll go on a run for yeah. five or six, and then he'll be quite like that's just him as a player. 
So, yeah, I'd um, see that more than it being about any sort of contract issues. But having said that, we do need to sort it out because I don't want to be, even if someone does come with 90 million, and I know that finances are tough and hard for all sorts of organisations, including football clubs, when you've had your, basically had your income kind of taken away from you for a year. It's been a year now, pretty much, hasn't it? When was that yeah. Norwich game? Because that was the last game yeah. at home, wasn't it? That it was, FA Cup game against was, Norwich. Yeah, it was about this time. It was March, it. wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, but you don't want to be selling them because then what are we doing? You know, yeah. you get to it's that. It's really hard, point. isn't it, to know, like, what you do? Because it's like there's success stories either way, isn't there? It's like yeah. you want to keep your best players, but then it's like, but then on the flip side, you look at just a wrist example, Liverpool selling Coutinho. Everyone was like, oh, he's your best player. Like, why are you selling him? It's all about if you do sell your best players, you've got to spend the money wisely. And, like, Liverpool is a case in point of you can sell your best player and become a much better team yeah. if you recruit correctly but it's just it's so hard isn't it and yeah. how many horror stories especially with Spurs have we seen where it's like oh you know well you can't turn that tough money down for Bale or, or at the time the 30 odd million for Berbatov you're like it's a lot of money like you know we can invest but you've got to invest it right haven't you because if you don't yeah. then you're absolutely knackered you end up with Vlad Kirikes if you don't invest correctly right Giles you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> oh poor old Kirikesh whenever you say Kirikesh I just think of that video of him falling over in the snow oh yeah when he's smashed that, hammered, that yeah. well that sort of wherever it is the flick over himself when he's the last man in that Europa League game best defending I've ever seen I loved, I it, loved it I, I hate, I hate <laughs> I him so much he gave me nightmares just thinking about like He'd have the ball as the last man, and he'd just be like, "What is he going to do?" Yeah. Like, he was. He honestly, he was an attacking midfielder. He really was. Like the way he could dribble past people, he should not have been playing at the back. Very modern. Very modern. <laughs> yeah, there's no Kirikesh Renaissance to talk about, really, is there? No. No. Um, oh, Europa League. Should we preview preview the games this week? We've got Dynamo Zagreb this week in the first leg of the Europa League. This is Luka Modric's old mob. I believe. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite a good draw for us. Um, don't get me wrong, they'll they'll be a half decent side because they've got out of their group and they've got for a knockout game. So they, you know it's not going to be like the caliber of opponents we've played so far. But we just got to go into this game with the attitude like we did against Wolfsburg, where it was like let's kill it first half of the first leg. Let's go there, professional intensity get the goals and then you know it's tie over what you don't want is you know one one or something like that and then the second leg becomes an issue we just got to go there and get the job done in the first half um because we've then got Arsenal a few days later so given that approach Jack do you are you were you happy when it got the um, fixtures got flicked around so we were uh playing at home first yeah I, I think so uh you know like they're not they're not I never fear in the Europa League really ever when we're at home, even without fans. It's always like the dodgy away games. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like the opponents aren't, but that's the type of dodgy away game. You can go and lose 2-0. And then it's like, then you've got a mountain to climb. Yeah, yeah. To have them at home in the first leg, like we should be beating them 2 or 3-0. Like we should be beating this type of opposition like that. You, there's no way that, that they're a better side than Burnley Palace. You know, the teams we've hammered the last few weeks. Like there's just no way. So... Yes, well, you I hope do, for another four goals for sure. Yeah, I think if we can. And just... I think he should make Delhi the captain. Well, are you a fan of Delhi, Chris? You should have said. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told us. I've not mentioned it. I've <laughs> not mentioned it. Um, I've, I've had a little look at their squad. 
there's some half decent players in there. They've got a striker called Petkovic, who's not bad. Major attacking midfielder again, decent goalkeeper, not too bad. Like they've got a half decent defense uh, centre back called Gavardio, decent. They've got a Welshman, so obviously that's great. Robbie Burton, but like th- this is a t- like you say, it's a t- it, professionally. This is you know the thing I, I you know I love rugby as well, but rugby is a th- like is a very different game to football. Like it, the it's far more difficult for a underdog to beat. Uh, the overdog, overdog. the bigger teams usually win it's harder for for them for you to exploit those gaps um football's completely different so there's and i think that's why we love it more but i think jose's thing has always been reduce those those ver- variables right the way down and just win and i'm hoping i'm hoping for that that's what we see here the europa league's always been his thing play to our strengths we know we're going to see a completely different squads. We're going to see Lamella, Bergvine, maybe Vinicius, maybe Kane in the first half, and Dombele. That's more than enough to beat them straight off the bat. Yeah, and you want to, and I think that's the thing is, you know, you you go into those kinds of games even if you think you're going to win, and you're like, oh god, are they going to be complacent like we are? And no matter what I say about Jose, that's one of the things that you kind of know that he's not going to let them do, particularly with the Europa League, because it's kind of his jam. So, you know, given that we've scored four goals in, well, not in consecutive games, let's forget about Fulham for a second. Um, But we've scored a lot of goals in the last few, it was 13 goals or something, hasn't it? In, you know, four games, 13 Only Bayern have scored more than us. Only Bayern, we've scored over 100 goals this season. That's that's crazy for how bad we've been. Let's score four more goals. Mm. But I, I, I do think that you make a good point there, Chris, with Jose's mentality with it. Because it's like, whilst we're playing opposition that we're miles better than, this is a type of game, and it's always like this in Europe, especially with like two-legged games. You only have to have a dodgy 20 minutes, yeah. and you can get yourself into a, a real difficult situation. Like, you think back, granted, it was the Champions League and, and Juventus, but when Juventus knocked us out at Wembley, you know, we battered them for that whole game. We switched off for about eight minutes, and they scored twice, and then it's yeah. like all of a sudden it's difficult, you know. Zagreb obviously aren't the same calibre as opponent of Juventus, but the principle still applies that if you do switch off and let a couple of stupid goals in, the whole tie then becomes a lot more difficult than what it needs to be. And we have done it a couple of times in the Premier League this season, and you know for whatever reason. So you know I always worry about us going out and feeling like, excuse my language, Billy Big Bollocks. And mm. I think we're not, you know, if we just go, actually, we've just got to get this job done, particularly because the first leg's at home. So we want to, like you say, Jack, like really properly put it away. So we're not worrying when we go to Zagreb, you know, and we should be able to do it given our, the, you know, the quality of our um, of our team, including Delhi. <laughs> and then it's the big one at the weekend. It's the oh. North London derby, which we were saying before we started recording. I didn't even know we had Arsenal this weekend, which is like, it, unheard of like that's the game I'm always like with it when I know within a month if we've got them like you just start counting down but it just completely crept up on me do you think it's um, lockdown oh definitely like yeah. I, I, I don't know what weighs up if I I'm, think it's your drink problem we talked about it last week <laughs> <laughs> we also spoke a lot about that off air which yeah. you know, people, don't need to, people don't need to know about that um but the North London derby is is the game like you know I don't care that Arsenal are terrible now and that it's irrelevant really in terms of that like Arsenal is the game. It's the big one if you're a Spurs fan. We beat them 2-0 earlier in the season with just a tactical masterclass and a clinical finishing. Um, 
we don't have a particularly great record at the Emirates. So for us to go there and, and win and win well would be massive, just, you know, just for confidence um, and for the support as well. And it's sort of like, there's still a lot of fans that are Jose out. There's a lot of fans that are probably more on the fence now. I feel like there's quite a lot riding on the Arsenal game. And it's like, if we were to go there and beat them 3-1 or something, I feel like a lot of them fans would be like, no, you know what? He's, he's had three games against Arsenal. He's won all of them. I can get behind him. And then on the flip, you go there and get beat. And it's like, oh, it's a disastrous season again. So it's a massive game. I hate it, the North London. I, I, I hate it and I love it because it's just a game you cannot relax in. Like, you cannot enjoy any part of it. In a weird way, it, I find the game easier when we're losing because it's like, oh, it's done. Whereas, like, when you go in front, you're like, oh, we've got something to hold on to now. Like, can, we can't lose this now. Um that League Cup semi-final where we won 5-1, remember that game? Oh, Even at 4-1, I was still telling people around me not to celebrate because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, this is Spurs. I let myself yeah. believe at like 88th minute when, it, you know, like at that point. And it, exactly that. It's like, it it means, uh, you're absolutely right, Jack, it means so much. And I don't care that they're, what, what, whatever position they're in, all the rest of it. They've had patches of being good this season as well. They've had moments of pulling stuff out of the bag. And you know if they're going to pull anything out of any bags, it's going to be against us. So we've got to go there with that same mentality. They were preparing to be relegated in November and then they beat Chelsea. So they're like, it's in there. Mm. Um, I I mean, I'm going to start it now. Mind the gap. I mean, it started, <laughs> you've heard it here, first time. <laughs> uh, I, I think we'll beat them. I think they man for man. I can't think of a place where they're better than us. Um, maybe one of their fullbacks and Tierney, but I. Uh, this is the, the thing, though, with the North London derby. It changes but... all forms out the window. Yeah. I think without the fans, it gets it gets reduced down to more footballing things. They're not a very good football team at the moment. Like they need a whole squad overthrow. They're really not. David, I mean, we can imagine David Louise up against Son, Kane, Bale. Uh, I. I can't see them. I can't see anything but Spurs. Games are won and lost in midfield as well, aren't they? And it's like it's Xhaka and <laughs> Thomas Partey again, you know, and like Hoybjergen and Dembele. Like, this is a chance for you to go there and like flex your muscles and be like, you know, we're going to stamp our authority on this game and like we're going to run it. And it's just, it's such a great opportunity for those guys. For Bale as well, you know, he didn't, he didn't play, did he, in the derby yeah. early on in the season? So for yeah. him, what an opportunity, the form he's in as well, like, what a platform to be like, go on, go and go and score a couple of goals against Arsenal away from home and like show us what you're all about. Also, the Europa League means more to them. It means everything to us, but it means everything for them getting in the Champions League. Like, and they have to prioritise that. They have to, because it, it's their only way into the top four. They're 10th at the minute. There's no way, there's no way they're going to get above West Ham, Everton, us, Liverpool, Villa, Chelsea, Leicester. Like, no, they're, they're no way in the running for top four. Us. Like, I still look at us and think I don't think we'll get it. Even though we're, points-wise, we're not that far behind. It's just the consistency thing that worries me. Um, so they're way out of the conversation. Like, absolutely no chance. But despite, And you're both absolutely right. But despite all of that, they can still do a number on us. So we've got to like make sure that you know we Jose plays whatever his best 11 is. And that actually they care about it as much as we do, which hopefully there's there are enough of them in there that do. 
Um, and like you say, we haven't got the best record over there. But, you know, it was a great performance at the uh, at the stadium in December. So let's just go and do it again. Mm. And like properly, I want to do it properly, you know, a four goal margin. Why not? It, because it, that's not what Spurs do, Chris, is it? It's, uh, we, it'll be the type of game, you know, if we go there and we batter them, we'll be turning up and cruising and we'll let a goal in in the 80th minute. And then you're hanging on and it's like it's a game yeah, yeah. to just win. But is there is it is it one one league win at the Emirates and we've we won there in the League Cup didn't we a couple of seasons ago so it means not it's not a great yeah, record at all but records are made to be broken and it is weird and this season in lockdown and all the rest of it, it is weird yeah and also home and away doesn't really matter like and that's been proven isn't it by the amount of away wins there are it, it doesn't really yeah. make that much difference anymore but all that said would you take a point oh. no mind the gap mate. <laughs> Also, the two of you pulled, and you, if you listen to this, you won't appreciate as much the identical face there as I said that. It was just, it was a mix of confusion and disgust, yeah. really, on both of your faces. Incredulity. That's it. Um, I still get so nervous around the Arsenal game that maybe I would take a point, but I'll say that very quietly. No, 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 no. And a similar look again. Every single North London derby is, I once got given a... Um, a present which was a framed picture of a fundraiser um, to raise money for people that have been affected by the Titanic and it says Woolwich Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur and every North London derby I always tweet a picture of that just to, rem- to remind them that they are from South London Love whatever it. they say they're from South London and I've got the poster to prove it <laughs> and if anybody questions it we'll send them your way chris and exactly down the poster well isn't the rumor that as well that the that the because they've got that blue bit around the edge of their badge isn't that there is a thank you to us for letting for us letting them use our ground during the war as well we're a part of them they can't be they can't live without us they're obsessed you know that's a that's a, a, a fun fact they tell you on or they did tell you on the old stadium tour that was always yeah. something yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah um it's also International Women's Day today, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Chris, I've seen you tweeting loads of stuff today around it. Yeah, which it's interesting. I was just in a clubhouse, actually, we were talking about International Women's Day and about whether, you know, given there's so much stuff going on, should we have International Women's Day? And the thing I was saying is that, yeah, it's really important to have it, but it shouldn't be just to do something on the day. It should be yeah. to, like, amplify and and talk about the stuff that you're doing the rest of the time. And I say the same about rainbow laces. The rainbow laces is for life, not just for Christmas. And exactly the same here is that, you know, we should be doing this stuff all the time. But, you know, what I think is great about it is because it's a global day and it's about all of those things, whether it's social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. So you can do all of those things. Um, what's What I always think is what it reminds me of in a Spurs context is that it's almost like Mother's Day in some countries, including Bulgaria. So I remember like Dimitar Berbatov was a great exponent of um, of International Women's Day and made a massive deal of it. And I think one year included wearing some kind of an armband to mark it. I don't know if it was a pink one. So if anyone can find it or remembers that, please do send us a picture because I was trying to look for it earlier, but I couldn't find anything. But if someone, do either of you, does that ring any bells or am I just making it up? I know on the continent, it's a massive deal. So every time you, if you're a woman on Women's Day, if you go into a supermarket, you get flour. Everywhere you go, you get a flour. It's a bigger, we don't, and that may be a bit twee, you know, but it's still a, 
a recognition yeah so Um, yeah so i think you know we had some stuff today um from the tottenham hotspur women's um sort of uh social media accounts and one was celebrating actually the proud lily white's patron helen richardson walsh who's a psychologist now for the uh, spurs women's team um which is great so she works with the spurs women's team and they also announced that on the 27th of march i think um that the women's team are going to play their north london derby this at is the, the second time Stadium. i've got that here stop stealing oh, sorry, my, my content <laughs> no 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 you say it you say it no no not at all you go on no no i've, I've, I've stopped i've stopped i mean no, that's it the tottenham hotspur women are playing at the tottenham hotspur stadium north london derby i think they, they haven't been on the greatest of runs recently i think they've lost four in a row at the moment so hopefully they can turn that around against the scum yeah and we haven't got a great record against them either but obviously like in terms of you know the, i i haven't ever got a good way to word to say about Arsenal however you can't underestimate the impact they've had on women's football because they're really well the trailblazers there and so actually that last game which was the last game for Karen and Juan when they were in charge was a draw against Arsenal in the Conti Cup and we nearly won it um and it you know makes you wonder and we were on a we were on a bad run then just makes you wonder what whether their fortunes may have been different if we managed to beat Arsenal in that game yeah. But happy International Women's Day, everyone. Happy International, happy International, International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Brilliant. Um, Asda, you've got a quiz for us to finish on. Yeah, I have got a quiz. This one, uh, so what I've done is I've gone through Tottenham Hotspur's all-time Premier League appearance makers. Yeah. And then I've picked two. I've picked bands who have very similar numbers. You just have to tell me who made more appearances. That's all you've got to do. I'll ask you, you can name the same player if you want. You can name opposite players, whichever oh, yeah. one you want. It's it's one of those ones where I don't think you could know it unless you're Stato. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. So, we're making you, guesses. We get that. ASD. Yeah, you're making guesses. Yeah. So the first pair are Aaron Lennon and Ledley King. There's, they're both, they're all within five of each other. So, oh. my, my gut there told me that it would be Aaron Lennon just because of the injuries. And my gut said Ledley because I just think injuries or not, he was there longer, wasn't he? Ledley was there. He's made his first appearance on the 1st of May 1999 and made his last appearance on the 21st of April 2012, whereas Lennon was there August to August 05 to December 14. And the correct answer is Ledley King on 268 appearances versus 266. So close. So uh, Ledley's, Ledley's debut, and correct me if I'm wrong, was a 3-2 defeat at Anfield. And he came on when we were 2-0 up at fullback and was absolutely dreadful. And they beat us 3-2. There you go. You should have mentioned him earlier. Next one, Robbie Keane and Teddy Sheringham. Oh, Again, straight away, I just went to Robbie Keane. But Teddy showed him had two spells, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, but so did Robbie. Yeah, so did Robbie Keane. I think I'm going to go Robbie Keane on that one. I'm going to concur with you on that one, Jack. You're both correct. 238 to Robbie Keane, 236 to Teddy Sheringham. I loved Robbie Keane. Let's not start. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) And Van der Vaart. Oh no! You see, I, oh, don't get me started on Van der Vaart because that will be another conversation. Let's save that because that sounds yeah. brilliant. <laughs> uh, Mike, Sir Michael Dawson and Harry Kane, including the most recent, it's, it's up to date stats. Michael Dawson, Harry Kane. 
I mean, Kane's been like ever present, hasn't he, since he came in? Like, apart from his injuries, he just plays every game. Started on his first start was 18th, well, his first appearance, 18th of August 2012. I'm going to go Kane. Nah. Not yet. No, surely not. I mean, Dawson played a lot of games. There I mean, was a the, lot of games where he tried to make a crossfield pass that went out. <laughs> so many. They're still looking for some of them footballs. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to say Dawson. And Michael Dawson made 236. Harry Kane made 232. Ooh. So that is a 3-1 win. 3-1, I think you're up, Chris. But we're still going. Right. You should just be tactical now, Chris, and agree with what I say, and then you can't lose from here. <laughs> Where's the fun in that, though, Jack? We have Jack's man, Stevie Carr, versus goal. Super Jan Vertonghen. Oh. So I'll give you the date. Stephen Carr was with us 26th of September 1993, all the way through to 2004, so 11 years, whereas Super Jan was... 25th of August, he made his in 2012. He made his first appearance all the way through to July 2020. That's tough. My gut went to Vertonghen. Yeah, mine did. Now I'm worried because of the number of years that Stevie Carr was with us. Eleven years. But my logic is Vertonghen's got more because we've played in Europe. So we've had and we've we've gone Premier League. Just Premier League. Pretty sure it's Premier League. I'm going to go Steve Carr then because I've got to try and get the points back. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go Vertonghen then just to, to go because I can. <laughs> and it's a 4-1. Oh, Smash into the lead. Superian made 232 appearances versus Stevie Carr's 226. Stephen Carr made exactly the same amount of appearances as Christian Eriksen at 226. Right then. Sun Hyung Min versus Kyle Walker. Ooh. It's got to be Walker, no? Walker made his debut for us on the 27th of March 2010 and last game for us on the 14th of May 2017, so that's seven years. Whereas Sun has been with, started his first game on the 13th of September 2015 and obviously all the way through to now. Walker had that year on loan though, didn't he? Yeah. So and he came with us very young as well, didn't he? So he wouldn't have just jumped in. But then Walker, when he did get back, wasn't ever present with Sun was Sun's been in and out apart from the last two years. I'm gonna go Walker, which probably means well, he answers Sun. I was about to say because he's gone I don't even know what I think on this one, but because he's got Walker, I'm gonna go Sun. <laughs> I think wasn't it Mal Bronco scored to make it five one in that semi final. <laughs> <laughs> we are Sun Huming is on hundred and eighty seven appearances now versus Carl Walker's hundred and eighty three. Oh, sorry, if this game, guess who's made more? Because I've been playing guess who's made less. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Toby Alderweireld and Deli Alley. Both started the, the same game, 8th of August 15, and obviously, oh. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because they both just, again, both just feels like they always play. Apart from maybe like the last two games difference. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go, Delhi. Well, I'm. I'm just gonna keep being the opposite of Jack now, so I'll go Toby. I've gone, and I've gone Delhi there because I'm like my. I'm in my head. I'm like it's Toby, but I've gone wrong every time. And I've just seen ASD's face. Jack, so your consistency is amazing. Seven ones, Chris. Yeah, an absolute shocker here. <laughs> 
Uh, right, well, on to Colin Caldwell. I hope there's enough for me to get, not for it to be a 9 1. And Evan, so I can feel like Jermaine Defoe against Wigan. We've got quite a lot left. Okay, great. Colin Calderwood and Gareth Bale. Oh. Colin Calderwood, uh, 93 to 99. And Bale, obviously, over two periods starting in 2007. Like, again, I feel I, 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 straight away I'm, I, I went that it'd be Colin Calderwood. Because Bale... If I'm thinking about it, only really sort of had about 18 months where he was like every single game because he was in and out quite a lot. Before we go on, I just want us to just take a moment to recognise how far we have come on as a football club in (laughs) this time. Because like Colin Calderwood has obviously made a lot of appearances for us to be in this to be in this list. And we would not stand for him now. We really, absolutely would not stand for him now. I really hope, Chris, that after that, Colin Calderwood has played more games for Spurs than Gareth Bale. I really hope. <laughs> Is that the way you two are going? Chris, you're going to Gareth oh, no, Bale. No, no, I have to disagree with Jack. That's I'm, fine. I'm if he going, goes I'm, Calderwood, I'll go Bale. I'm Jack's back. got one back. Jack's pulled one oh, back. Oh, there he Comeback's on. It's not, as, not quite as humiliating. Uh, Jermaine Jenis and Danny Rose. Oh, I so like Jermaine Genus. Yeah, I did. I think he's such an excellent human being. That's it. He's a lovely man. Yeah. I went to the training ground once when uh, Martin Yell was the manager for just to watch some training. And he was, him and Michael Dawson were the nicest people. They were so nice. And the people who were the most miserable, Paul Stolteri and Mido. Mido was like the worst. Yeah, you can tell. And there were lots of other people in between, but like Genus really stood out as an excellent human. You'd be miserable if you had Paul Stavteri's nose though, wouldn't you? You would. <laughs> oh, poor old Paul. He was in our video. I can't I can't criticise him now because he did our seventh birthday video and he was terrific, I thought. And he scored one of the best goals ever <laughs> in yeah. a club like that. Yeah. Exactly. That moment was just, oh, love it. Anyway. I'm anyway. going to go first this time. I'm going to say Danny Rose. I'm going to go the other way. I've got to go opposite then. Chris takes it again. Danny Rose on 156. JJ on 155. I'm surprised that JJ played that many. You know, it's a lot of games. Seven years. Seven yeah. years, but Rose is there 10. All right, battle of the left backs. Benny, Asuakoto versus Ben Davis. Oh. I mean, Davis. Both here, Davis, seven Davis, years. Yeah. Got to be Asuakoto. Oh, I'm going to go Davis. Jack, I thought you were going to go Benny and you would have got a point. So, Chris, oh, again. I mean, I'm going to stop counting too. It's 2-1, isn't it, the score? If you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, all these are practice you're not sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Huddleston and David Howells. God. Did David Howells play for us in the Premier League? 92 to 98. Oh, yeah, OK. Uh, Tom Huddleston. I would just go the opposite of Jack. OK. Uh, Jack, you got a point back. Hey. Tommy Adelson is a great player. Oh, I don't think anyone could strike like that's the way no. he struck the ball. It's where I used to sit at White Hart Lane. Those I can't remember who it was against. I'm bad at this, but when he hit it on the half volley and it absolutely rocketed into the top corner, and he did that, was, didn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. right in line. I was right in line with it, so you could just see the shape. You could just see his shape and exactly yeah, yeah. him striking the ball. It was beautiful. That's against Arsenal. No, he got, oh, he got one. Left foot, yeah. foot out the, do you remember the goal he scored at Man City? Which was like 
the ball sort of the ball's on the right hand, right wing is Hossam Ghali and he plays it back and he's about 25 yards out and the, it's on the half volley but the ball bounces up to like waist height and somehow he gets over it. Oh yes. It it, that is one of the best yes. goals you will ever see. It's a ridiculous strike. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, Paul Robinson and Gary Mabbott. Oh. There's one in it. Huh. I know. I didn't realise Paul Robinson only played for us for four years. It feels like it was way longer than that. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go Gary Mabbott. Yeah. 100. Chris, I'm just assuming you're just going to do whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just do the opposite. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, I'll do three more because it... People are getting bored now. Mauricio Tarico versus Luca so Modric. It's clear though, ASD. He can't catch up with me, even if we get everything. If, if I go the opposite and he gets them all right, he can't catch up, can he? No way. Like, so, ask like a true Spurs fan. So <laughs> far ahead, but still panicking that they come back. How many is it? How many is it? How much time is it? How many I concede as long as I win? Yeah. Uh, we've got Modric versus Tarico. It, it has to be Modric. Right. But, Tariko can't have played more games with Spurs than Modric. Well, I go Tariko. I hope it's Modric, but I'm going to go Tariko. Chris, you get another point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm just going to do them all. Uh, Chris Perry versus Simon Davis. Oh, God. Both of whom played more games than there's Ferdinand. Chris Perry played an uncomfortable amount of games with Spurs, didn't he? (laughs) I'll go Chris Perry. What is I'll go Simon Davies. <laughs> you are so bad at this. Do you know what I want to say? It stays in my mind. Um, an interview with Chris Perry where he was asked, what's the best advice you've ever been given? And he said, if in doubt, kick it out. And then suddenly it just made sense of Chris Perry's whole, yeah. the whole way he played football, if that was the best advice he'd ever been given. He treated he treated the ball like it was a bomb. Yeah. Didn't he? It's sort of like get it as far away from me as possible. Three more. Okay, Tim Sherwood versus Emmanuel Adebayor. God. What an unholy alliance. <laughs> imagine being locked. Imagine walking onto a plane and you're sat in the middle of those in a row. <laughs> Just the worst trip ever. I'm gonna go Tim Sherwood. Well, add a by all for me then. Jack, you finally got one back. Hey! Yes. Uh, we have Sandro and Roman Pavlyuchenko. Oh. Roman, Roman, Roman. Um, Pavlyuchenko. I feel like I'd be more likely to go with Pav for that one. Sandro for me. <laughs> Sandro it is. I'm just going to start asking you the answers, Chris. <laughs> and the last one. Oh. Is Raphael van der Vaart and Michael Carrick? Oh. There's one in it. Yeah, neither, they weren't, neither were at the club for that long, were they? Carrick was there for two years, October 04 to May 06. Raphael was there. I'm gonna go Carrick. You've got it. Yay. You've got it. Well done, Jack. Oh. So that was, that was you, three you tried really two, hard there, mate. Very close. I'm really proud of you. We've got a lot to do in the second leg now, and I throw <laughs> it back. That was good. Uh, you would just would not have paired some of them guys together to have played no. a similar amount of games, would you? Tariko and Modric. Tariko and Modric is the one, isn't it? That doesn't feel right. That was great, actually. I really enjoyed that. Um, I guess that's the end of the show, unless anyone's got anything else. 
great stuff. Great stuff. Let's all pray for two more wins this week, especially against that other lot of the weekend. Absolutely. Remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.